0: Chapter 4 of St. Bonaventure's Life of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by St. Bonaventure. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4. Our Blessed Lady visits her cousin St. Elizabeth, in whose house the Magnificat and Benedictus are composed. Our Blessed Lady, having conceived by the Holy Ghost, and the incarnation of the Son of God being fully accomplished in her sacred womb. Recalling to mind what the angel had told her concerning her cousin Elizabeth, she resolved to visit her, and this not merely to congratulate her on her happy pregnancy, but rather to assist her at her approaching delivery. Wherefore, in company with her beloved spouse, St. Joseph, she immediately set out on her journey, from the little city of Nazareth, towards the house of St. Elizabeth, which was near Jerusalem, and about seventy miles distant from Nazareth. Neither the length of the journey nor the labors of the way could deter her from her pious resolution, but without delay she went on with all speed, that she might not appear long abroad. Nor was she, like other women in her condition, in the least burdened by the divine infant she bore in her womb. And now, by the way, accompany in mind this blessed couple. The ever-glorious Virgin, Queen of Heaven and Earth, with her beloved spouse, proceeds on her journey, not on a pampered horse or gilded car, not escorted by a military band of armed soldiers not triumphant amidst a pompous crowd of nobles, not surrounded with a glittering tribe of courtly damsels. Poverty, humility, modesty, with every graceful virtue, were all their train. The Lord of hosts, indeed, was her inseparable companion, attended by his glorious court, far outshining all the splendor of the vain and pompous sons of earth. Come at length to her journey's end, she entered the house of Zachary, and finding there her cousin Elizabeth, saluted her, saying, Hail, my dear cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth, vehemently animated by the Holy Ghost, with transports of joy, immediately arose, and tenderly embracing her, cried aloud, Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to visit me? Luke chapter 1. The words of the salutation were no sooner graciously uttered by our blessed lady than they pierced even to the bowels of St. Elizabeth, inflaming both mother and son with the divine spirit. Nor was the mother inflamed before her son, but he being first replenished himself, Replenished also his parent, not operating anything new within her, but rather meriting that something divine should be wrought within her soul by the operation of the Holy Ghost, insomuch that the grace of the Holy Paraclete was more abundantly diffused in him, and he first was sensible of its blessed effects. Thus, as she outwardly perceived the presence of the Holy Virgin, He inwardly was affected by the approach of his Lord, wherefore he exulted for joy, and she prophesied. Consider, hence, of how great force and efficacy must the words of the Blessed Virgin be, that the Holy Ghost should deign to communicate himself at the bare utterance of them, for herself was so copiously filled with him that the same Divine Spirit, in and through her, Replenished others. The Virgin Mary, after hearing the salutation of Elizabeth, replied thus to her My soul doth magnify our Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, with the rest of that divine canticle. Having ended, they both sat down, when a holy contention arose between them, not occasioned by ceremonious insincerity, but from an inborn humility. The sacred virgin, greatest in that virtue as well as in dignity, would have seated herself below Elizabeth at her feet, and Elizabeth, conscious of the majesty of her guest, would have placed herself beneath hers. But at length, both modestly yielding to each other, they seated themselves together side by side. The pious debate was succeeded by equally pious greetings and mutual interrogations concerning the mystery of each other's conception, which they mutually revealed, giving the glory of it to God, and crowning the day with divine praises and thanksgiving for the sovereign and ineffable blessings received. Our Blessed Lady continued with Elizabeth the space of three months, helping and assisting her as far as she was able with all devotion, humility, and veneration, seeming to forget the greatness of her own dignity and that she was the chosen mother of God and the sovereign queen of the world. Oh, what a heavenly house, what blessed chambers, what an immaculate bed was that which contained such sacred parents pregnant with such celestial infants, Mary and Elizabeth, Jesus and John guarded and attended by those truly great and venerable men, Joseph and Zachary. When Elizabeth's time was expired, she was happily delivered of a son, whom our blessed lady received in her arms and carefully swathed, performing with virginal tenderness the necessary little offices suitable to the occasion. The infant, as if acquainted with the majesty of his sacred nurse, fixed his eyes steadfastly on her, so taken with her beauty that when she delivered him again to his mother, he still looked towards her as if he could take delight in her alone, while she, on the other side, continued graciously playing with him, embracing him, and cherishing him with her heavenly lips. What excess of honor was this for St. John? What pure mortal, besides himself, was ever blessed with such a nurse? Yet this is not the only great privilege he enjoyed. Many others might be named, were they not foreign to our present purpose. On the eighth day the child was circumcised and called John. Then was the mouth of Zachary opened, and he prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, etc. Thus were the Magnificat and Benedictus, those two sublimely beautiful canticles composed in this house. In the meantime, while the latter was singing, Our Blessed Lady, virgin-like, to avoid being gazed on by the men who were present on account of the ceremony, kept retired in a secret part of the chamber, where unseen she could hear what passed and there devoutly listened to the prophecies uttered concerning her divine Son, carefully and wisely depositing the whole in her heart. At length, taking leave of Elizabeth and Zachary, and giving her blessing to John, she returns to her humble habitation at Nazareth. Here again, devout reader, contemplate her poverty in another shape. She returns home, But to what a home? To a home unprovided with meat or drink, to a home destitute of every necessity of life. But this would be a trifling circumstance, had she either estate or money, or other means to procure her a cheerful residence there. But alas, that she is a stranger to. She has remained now three months with her relations, probably in no mean circumstances, And yet now, not with regret, but cheerfully, of her own accord, she descends to her former state of poverty, and to gain a narrow subsistence with her own hands. O Christian soul, compassionate the Blessed Virgin in such great distress, and learn from so great an example the poverty of spirit you ought to have. End of chapter 4